Hey everyone, welcome back to the Barbell Medicine YouTube channel or our iTunes channel where you're listening to the Silky Smooth Podcast. We have a special guest tonight, Alan Thrall, decided to grace us with his presence. We're going to talk about strongman training uh, for strongman competitors and also perhaps implementing strongman training for non-strongman competitors. We're also joined with Dr. Austin Baraki. What's going on, guys? Not much. Happy to be here. Where, Happy. where are we right now? We're in Philadelphia-ish territory. Yeah, we're, we're at Colmar, Pennsylvania. We're here at the Barbell Medicine Seminar, uh, just outside of Philadelphia on a cool evening here in November. Uh, so let's, let's get into this. Uh, Alan, can you take us through what Strongman is from a competitive standpoint for people who are unfamiliar with this? I think everybody's probably seen some of the stuff on like World Strongest Man that's been on ESPN and stuff like that. But uh, it, how would you describe Strongman training and a Strongman competition to somebody who's never seen it at all. <clears throat> strongman events usually typically have four to five uh, actual events. A strongman competition, four to five events. There's usually a press, log, axle, circus dumbbell, or something else. There's a carrying event like a yoke or farmer's handles, sandbag, keg. Um, there might be a deadlift event like a you know 15 inch or 18 inch deadlift, an axle bar deadlift, or a car deadlift. Uh, and there's usually a loading event like an, ax, uh, an atlas stone or a sandbag load, um, sometimes some sort of grip event. Uh, but those are kind of the four or five things. Load, press, carry, deadlift, and maybe a medley. So in a strongman competition, there's going to be somewhere like four to six different events, usually encompassing what you just talked about, plus or minus a medley. Uh, how many times would you say you've seen a barbell in a strongman competition? like a standard Olympic barbell? The, personally, I've done one competition with a standard Olympic barbell because I was in the novice class and that has to be lighter than everything else. Uh, and so for that reason, everyone else was able to use the implements. Novice was lighter than what the implement was. So we just did a barbell, uh, but it's kind of rarely. It was just a touch and go deadlift for max reps in 60 seconds. What's, what the, that what's the rest of your experience? Or tell us a little bit about your experience in, in Strongman and kind of what interested you in it. Yeah, uh, I started doing Strongman while I was in the Marine Corps. Um, a friend of mine had made an Atlas stone and uh, he had a tractor tire. Um, so we would train with that. The gym was often closed uh, while I was in the military. And so we were kind of left to go run, go do pull-ups and push-ups. Uh, but we would train with this this Atlas stone that he made in his tractor tire. Um, and then we actually heard about a local competition and, and went from there. Um, I started doing strongman uh, before powerlifting. And when I did strongman, I didn't even know what powerlifting was. So that was what I did initially. Well, so what was the draw though, right? So, I mean, I, I know before I ever even touched a weight formally, like I watched World's Strongest Man and, I, you know, all those guys, I was like, wow, these guys, it not even, they're cartoonish, right? So it, it wasn't even something like, I want to do that. It's like, there's no way that I could ever do that. <laughs> I don't see anybody with the last name of Bomb or Wits or like Steen. They was like up there. So this is not accessible to me. But I mean, you, you got this mold or you had a stone that was made from a mold and a tire. And you're like, yeah, we'll screw around with this. You know, like what? What do you think motivated you to do that? Was it your friend who was like, yeah, this would be cool because it's going to be good for you? Or was it like, I don't know, we're young, got extra time. Let's like lift this thing. Yeah, all of the above. Uh, <laughs> but it was, it was uh, 
Uh, a lot of it was I've seen that stuff on World's Strongest Man. And, and like you said, it was kind of untouchable. Sure. Uh, but to say like, oh, this is a 240 pound Alistone. I think I could lift this. Yeah. Uh, so just to imitate that was fun. See, see, I have the opposite thing. Like if I see that, I'm like, ah, I can't lift that. There's no way. <laughs> but you took that and you kind of developed almost like, I know that Untamed Strength is heavily strongman influenced. There's yeah. a big strongman culture there and things like that. So you have, I mean, you have a lot of folks who are into that at your gym as well. Um, it seems like at least from the videos you make and things like that. Yeah, the gym was was not initially, but after the first maybe year, strongman was the only thing that was getting people to continue coming to mm -hmm. the gym. It was a crap powerlifting gym. It wasn't even a good strength training gym, really. So I just started running with strongman. Yeah. Um, and uh, advertised it as strongman for a couple <laughs> of years. Yeah, but, I, but you know, at the same time, so that was before, I mean, what year was that? I opened the gym in 2013. 2013. Yeah. So already there was probably, you know, some sort of momentum coming from CrossFit, like, you know, and they're like, oh, we have a yoke. And like people are like, a yoke? That's so crazy. And you're like, yeah, dude, we have like 10 of them. So it's fine. Just like yeah. do this. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, our Austin and I trained at this place called Brute Strength Gym in Virginia, which is like heavily strongman. And uh, I have literally never done anything strongman related other than like moved somebody's yoke because they left it out or like the same thing with the farmer's walk handles, like had to you know yeah. move them. I think they tried to goat me into like a car deadlift knowing that I was a good puller, but it is completely different. Like they're not the same thing. I think it was only like 500 something pounds effective weight on the, you know, at the, but I, I could do it for like one and it was terrible. I don't know how to hitch. I don't know how to like <laughs> contort my, in the. It'd be hard to make yourself hitch. You yeah, want now, to at this yeah point. exactly. <laughs> which, which brings us to our next kind of point. So if you have, let's say you have somebody who has been just training um, with rake, squat, bench, deadlift, press, barbell training, right? And most from most of their training. And they're like, hey man, I wanna do a strongman com competition. Like, where do you go from there? What are your like initial steps? And then how do you, how do you go? So context is super important. Uh, if the, I mean, if it's a big, strong power lifter who doesn't move well and has poor work capacity, it's gonna be a little bit different than if you have someone who's fit, uh, well-conditioned and is really weak. Sure. Um, and then, Knowing the events, whether or not they're actually going to do a competition sure. is going to play an impact in that. What kind of access, what kind of equipment do they have access to? All that's going to kind of impact where to go from there. Um, but I guess to give you a couple you know, more points, um, the program is going to be heavily based on deadlift strength and pressing strength. Um, the squat and the bench are both going to be used kind of as assistance movements to build those two up. Sure. Um, Whenever I program for uh, a strongman, it's usually a lot of like plug and play. There's a lot of slots to where like, hey, you're gonna squat twice a week. I don't care if it's low bar, high bar, or SSB. Um, you know, for pressing movements, we're gonna have a couple with the implements. Uh, one of the days might be a push press and a jerk. Yeah. So it's actually practicing the skill that you're gonna use. Because you assume that one of the events is gonna be related to push press or push jerk strength. If, yeah. if you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you found out the event was, strict press tom capitelli decided to put on a strongman meet and one of the events was like old-timey clean and press strict press you would probably do more strict pressing than a standard strongman competition only because you know through your own experience and that most competitions have even if it's a circus dumbbell it's gonna be a push press if it's a viking it's all push press or jerk related is that yeah. fair to yep. say Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you were saying then you would do that and then you would have them be pulling a lot. How many times are you having people do some sort of deadlift per week? 
Again, if it was working with a specific person and they were like, I'm only deadlifting once a week, that's going to be different than someone who's like, I just, you know, finished a powerlifting meet. I've been deadlifting two or three times a week. Um, but I mean, initially I'd probably start them off with twice a week. One of the days might be a Romanian deadlift. Um, and then moving on probably twice a week to where one of the days would be more of a competition. If I knew the events, yeah. I might have them do, um, you know, a 15 inch pull or an axle deadlift. You know what it is. Yeah. And that would be kind of their mm-hmm. comp deadlift day. The secondary day might be stiff leg, snatch grip, deficit, some sort of deadlift variation. Um, so all of this like comp squat, comp deadlift, comp bench just gets like pulled out and something else gets put in. Um, so if you don't know, if you don't know what the events are going to be, do you ever rotate some of the possibilities into those slots to expose people? Like, for example, you have somebody do like a car deadlift for their comp deadlift for a period of time. Even if you don't know, it's going to show up in the meet. Yeah, I'll give them options. And then usually, you know, not everyone has access to a strongman gym with all the equipment. So they might say, I've got a log, I've got some sandbags, I made some stones and I have one tractor tire. So that's going to like, I'm going to tell them what to do based off that. Um, So, yeah, you know, it's interesting talking about this because if if I had somebody come and say, hey, I want to do strongman and that's it. (laughs) And I said, hey, do you have a meet coming up? No, I just want to train strongman. Uh, Do you have any access to any like specific implements? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well, what you're saying is you need to develop strength in a lot of different motor patterns, a lot of different exercises. And we know that if at some point you want to go and do strongman, that the most heavily tested things are going to be like a push press or jerk and some sort of deadlift, right? But it's still important to be to have a strong squat because that might pop up or some, you know, something related to leg strength and the squat will generally carry over. So, but that person, I probably wouldn't have them do the same exercise twice in a week. Meaning like for a power lifter, they may do a the regular bench press two, three, four times in a week with minimal variation. Whereas this person, I might have them push press with a barbell. I might have them push press with dumbbells or some other sort of implement if they can get have access to it. I might have them deadlift on a straight bar one day, trap bar deadlift on another day if they have access to it. High bar squat, front squat, low bar, just to, because again, their performance in any one style of a lift is unimportant until you know the test, which speaks to the specificity thing. Not only, not only that, but we, uh, a topic that's, that's interesting to me is, uh, is the stress response. And I lecture about that at our seminar with some stress neurobiology stuff. This is and a plug. So, you should go to a barbell medicine seminar. We'd love to see you next year. Yeah. And we talk about all kinds of interesting things and predictive processing and things like that. Basically the idea being that your brain is kind of constantly taking in all this information from the world around you, predicting what's going to happen and, and kind of equipping you or, or outputting the necessary response to deal with it. And where I'm going with this is the fact that if you have been training in a very limited way in, in, insofar as your exercise variations or your modalities uh, that you use in training and you show up to a strongman competition yeah. and you get blindsided by all kinds of things you've not been exposed to before, you're very sensitive to that, yes, it's meaning that you have a huge stress response to that and it could substantially impact your performance, just like it would in any other sport where you get surprised by something. And this is something I talk about with like my first time people I'm sending to a powerlifting meet for the first time. I'm like, something is going to go not the way you expect it. It's going to surprise you. You're going to have to be able to, you know, uh, deal with it accordingly. And so by exposing uh, the trainee or the athlete to additional variation, all these different uh, things in training, you're almost desensitizing them to the possibility that they get surprised by something in the meat. It sounds like you're, you're preparing them from the unknown and unknowable. Well, 
that kind of, if you don't know the events, then isn't that kind of the case when you show up to a strongman competition? And yeah. who's going to win is the person who deals with that stress the best. Not even You don't even necessarily actually have to be the best at all those events. You just have to be the person who yeah. deals with them in the best way and, and can perform well enough to beat the other people who showed up on that day. Well, that's, I mean, the person who won the CrossFit Games could have averaged, I think it was like seven. Six or seven. Yeah. 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 And ended up winning. But but I think we need to draw this important distinction because we're not saying you should just do everything with reckless abandon. Sure. Not to say that that is CrossFit. But but rather, if if you're trying to plan your training out in a way where you have the most efficient rate of improvement, you're going to have to have structure to that. And it can't be do everything with all the variation all the time. You need to have that repeated bout effect. You need to re, be re-exposed to certain things over and over and over again. Um, so here's an interesting question, Alan. So CrossFit, you know, blew up, made Strongman like all other barbell sports, a little more relevant than it was prior. What's been your take on how CrossFit has affected Strongman? Yeah, I think that uh, it seems like a lot of CrossFit athletes just owning a Strongman gym, a lot of CrossFit athletes will say, or CrossFit athletes, but CrossFit members to gyms will say, yeah, you know, I was doing CrossFit for a while. I really like the Strongman part of it. I'd like to come to this gym and focus a little more on strength, maybe compete in a strongman competition. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exposure is always good, especially when you own a strongman gym. That's the same thing with powerlifting and weightlifting. You know, like hey, I like lifting weights. Slow powerlifter. <laughs> hey, I like lifting weights fast. <laughs> Olympic lifter. Well, plus plus the equipment is now way more accessible than ever. You know, like yeah. Slater before you had to you know send them a money order and like a letter like please send me your molds, <laughs> and now you know Rogue carries them. You can get them overnighted too. You know, yeah. or like you can get. A yoke or you can get farmers carry like you don't have to know a welder or machinist to like get your equipment made i mean brute they bought fingal fingers like they bought fingal finger like <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna say it again they bought fingal fingers <laughs> now nobody used them you know because it's such a pain in the butt but it was funny like they just were delivered yeah. it's not like yeah somebody make them um that's interesting now let's let's shift gears a little bit uh programming for a strong man competitor you were talking just generally let's let's say that we have the events figured out let's get into the nuts and bolts of this how many days a week are you going to have a strongman competitor train let's say it's somebody like joey who's been doing strongman so joey satsmer he's just recently doing the barbell medicine crew we're at his gym this weekend he's been doing this for a long time how many days a week are you having him train um and what is it what do his days normally look like as far as like pure strength work versus conditioning work versus event testing i mean take us through it yeah so joey was training four days a week um, he would do a little bit of conditioning gpp kind of stuff on his own on the fifth day um, but he was training four days a week he was deadlifting twice a week with an actual uh, bar yeah. uh, and then a third day a week would be like a stone load um, and he was pressing every day. Uh, he would get probably three times a week. He would actually use the implement, which for uh, worlds was a log. Um, and then he was squatting twice a week and it was do whatever you want. High bar, low bar, SSB, here are the sets and reps. It's like leg um, strength development. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, as we got closer to the competition, this is why knowing the events can be helpful. He was doing a max stone load not for worlds, but for uh, the previous competition, he was doing max stone load for height. So I was actually programming stone load singles. 
So not like max reps in a minute. Yeah, because you knew that thing was how high can you load a stone? Right, one stone. And so he was doing like actual heavy stone singles. So not doing sets of five like loads, he was doing singles. Singles. Yeah, because the event was a single. (laughs) Obviously. Yeah, Uh, and then other events were uh, AMRAP sets like for the press. Um, and Be- so, because that was a rep, like a time. Domain yeah. Kind so of thing, 60 like seconds, as many reps as you can with a certain weight. Sure. Um, and a lot of times I would, I would actually have him work up to a single just to check his preparedness for the day. And I wanted him to use a certain, uh, percentage. Interesting. So work up to your single, use that percentage. And I would, uh, at first I would limit his time to where it wasn't 60 seconds as many as you can with, you know, 75%. It would be, you know, 20 seconds. Uh, and we would kind of increase that up. And I think like two weeks before he had done twice, uh, you know, two or a 60 second AMRAP before it was all 40 seconds, 30 seconds or 20 seconds. That's probably a smart way of, of doing it. Not only from a training standpoint, but from a injury risk reduction standpoint, load management stuff, not blasting him with, you know, jumping right to the competition event early on and preparing him over time. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you think that that was because of a, you didn't want to put a bunch of stress on him because you thought that doing the full 60 seconds would be very, very fatiguing or because you felt like Joey's the kind of guy that you, you, he could really blow himself up, you know, like uh, mix effectively. It's, it's a max yeah. effort. Yeah. yeah, it was both. Okay. Uh, Joey is uh, definitely like working with him. I quickly realized that uh, he's a, uh, uh, a strong dude and he's willing to beat himself up. Uh, uh, so he, he'll go, you know, really far with programming. So I didn't feel like I needed to, uh, put, you know, 60 seconds as many reps as he can. Uh, it was more so, so anyways, uh, it was kind of both. So to answer your question. Sure. Um, and I guess, you know, what I'm getting from you is that you are trying to make the training as specific as you can yet encompassing all the facets of a competition as best as you know it uh would you ever have a strongman competitor run a 10k no <laughs> right i mean i wouldn't either but you know maybe you would you know because then somebody on the internet is going to say well didn't didn't uh didn't Milanoshev talk about how he would do like 10ks every week or yeah something? yeah which one i yeah i don't believe necessarily but then all <laughs> but then also it's like well so what though it doesn't mean anything there, you know, but you do know that the conditioning is important. So for his conditioning, like what would you do to bring that up? So again, a little bit of context. Joey was Joey was conditioning a ton in his program before I started working with him. Um, and his lifts were like really behind. Uh, and he even said that. Um, I should be squatting a lot more. I should be deadlifting a lot more. Where was he? How, what were his squat and deadlift numbers when you started with him? Or his, and his, all the squat presses? He would not pull... Uh, over 500 because he had this back issue um, and he on Halloween pulled 700 uh, uh, like like a couple weeks ago a couple weeks pulled ago, 700 yeah. so 200 pound PR or? so <laughs> I stopped working with him when he did yeah he pulled 665 uh, when we stopped working and, and he's still you know training obviously and he got 700 on Halloween uh, his squat he, he squatted 635 um, and his best was like 550 um, so huge like I like to sit back and take all the credit, but he he is like He's a huge responder, and it's literally like this is exactly what this person needs. Let's see if he can execute, and he did all of it. Um, and so uh, 
So anyways, I don't remember what the question was, but Joey's a strong. Well, so for his conditioning. Oh, that's right. So he was extremely conditioned. Uh, and, and, and I pretty much told him, you're, if you're going to worlds, uh, and especially with the events, cause you knew what the events were a bunch of max events. I was like, you, you don't need to worry about how fast you can run around for 90 seconds. You need to get way stronger. Yeah. It's not an event that's going to be tested. Sure. Yeah. And so we didn't do a lot of conditioning. Um, so yeah, for him. Well, because I because I think that's what a lot of people they find attractive about the strongman thing. So I like guess an outsider again, you watch the people doing strongman, like wow, they're super strong and they've got this sort of motor. You can see them do you know this these medleys or whatever. And even though it's only a minute or two, whatever that seems to be attractive. And people are like, oh, it's great conditioning. And if you use the Google machine, people will tell you that there are unique benefits to doing farmer's walks, unique benefits to doing yoke carries or doing these medleys. You know, and that. It'll boost your metabolism. It'll increase your muscle, like all these things, right? Um, do you ever program strongman work for people who are not strongman competitors? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, just yeah. for what's the what's the application? Usually for conditioning or GPP, uh, just to kind of like hide conditioning or GPP and say, uh, you know, we're going to do farmers, a sandbag carry down and back, keg carry down and back. Sure. You might do, I'll say we're going to do four sets of 100 feet and I'll give them a time limit and say, let's go as heavy as you can, but you got to do it in 20 seconds, which is going to limit how much weight they can use. Um, and so a lot of clients that I have, um, I'll just, I'll put strongman in cause I know they need conditioning. And for me, I don't want to sit and watch them on an assault bike for 15 minutes. Yeah. This is a person in, in, in person training. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, for online clients, it's almost always rower or assault bike or, some sort of treadmill, like incline power walk. Yeah. Uh, but if they have Stroman equipment and they, they're open to it, then I'll, I'll program that. Yeah. What about you, Austin? Do you do any strongman conditioning? I usually, when I'm when I get the sense that somebody needs to develop some conditioning, I kind of give them a. I try to get a sense from them of what sort of things they may have interest in or what sort of things they may enjoy. Mainly because that's going to be a huge factor in adherence because it's very easy for people to just not do it. Um, and whereas we're very meticulously tracking, say their, their squat performance and their estimated one RMs and things like that, we might not necessarily be tracking like absolute performance on their conditioning stuff if they're not, you know, primarily conditioning focused athlete. So I'll ask them what they've done before, what their prior experience has been, if there's something they're interested in. And if they said they really love doing, uh, say a sandbag kind of thing or a strongman type thing, then that's, you know, we can make, we can make that work because the absolute modality uh, or the, the specific modality, I think matters a little bit less in that situation for the, for the ultimate outcome. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I would not say that I use it a ton, but I have no opposition to it. If it's something that somebody would really enjoy and, and uh, would probably adhere to better than putting them on a, again, on a bike or a treadmill that they hate. Yeah. I'm going to agree and disagree with you at the same time, uh, standard, as, you, as usual, standard sort of thing. So I disagree that there, there are any unique benefits to strongman training uh, for conditioning purposes outside of compliance. I don't think I said that. No, no, I know, but I'm just saying as a general, as a general, sta as a general state, the pop, the disagree would say that. Yeah. yeah. So when you, so, because the idea, so people will say, no, it preserves muscle mass, muscle mass better than walking on a treadmill. No, we've actually, this has been tested and, and legitimately any sort of like your activities of daily life will preserve the lean body mass that you 
will retain during a, a calorie restricted situation, providing your protein level is high enough. That's the, those are the studies that have been done. Like we already know that. So you don't need to do this extra thing, right? If you want to improve your strongman conditioning while you're losing weight, guess what you should do? Yeah. Strongman conditioning. So uh, it's not going to build additional muscle for you that you otherwise wouldn't build unless you're not training otherwise. Or you were detrained when you started. Correct, exactly. Yeah. Uh, however, it does exert a toll. There is a non-zero amount of fatigue that is placed upon the individual from strongman that I think is unique compared to a on a treadmill, air bike, or rower. And I think that that cost has to be layered into the, you know, it's that's in the calculus here, making the decision. And so if somebody has no compliance issues with their conditioning, then I'm pretty much op very opposed to doing strongman conditioning because I think there are other ways to achieve all of those uh, improve all improvements that you would see from strongman conditioning without that toll. I think the cost that you see from it would be variable, probably depending on the person's prior exposure to it. Oh, that's what I'm saying. With anything else, right? Yeah, that's kind of a repeated bad effect. If that's I'm, what I'm saying. It's like nobody, somebody who's like, I've never done a farmer's walk. Before. Oh yeah, if they've never done it, then I'm not going to go out of my way to program it for sure. But people say, but it'll increase my grip strength. I'm like, yeah. no, it won't. It's not heavy enough yeah. for you to do it for conditioning, and it's not going to improve your deadlift grip strength more than deadlifting. And it's going to fatigue your grip in a way that is not necessarily productive to getting your deadlift grip strength up such that you can't really train your grip during the deadlift, which is what you actually care about. And if you actually care about, for instance, your uh, anaerobic performance on, on sprinting, you only yoke, you know, sprints with the yoke, not going to help. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, you know, everything is specific here, right? So. So I think that if you want to use it as a fun tool because you otherwise wouldn't do any conditioning and you yeah. need to do conditioning, like I'm 100% behind it, like rock on, okay? But if you're just trying to put something in and you're trying to say, well, is the farmer's walk better than dragging a sled? Like, no, they're just different. One has more cost than the other and it may not be worth it to do that for you. Um, but I don't have any problem with strongman stuff if you, that's the only way you're going to do your conditioning. If I had a person who was like, I'm not going to sit on a rower, I'm not going to sit on an air bike, but I will flip this tire for 30 minutes because that's fun for me. Yeah. Flip the tire. Yeah. But, but you just won't put it right before their deadlift day or something. Like right. That. You know, <laughs> uh, but you know, if I have somebody who's like, I would do either. I'm like, well, I want to pick the one that's likely to achieve the main goal I'm trying to get via conditioning, which is, improvement and conditioning at the lowest possible muscular fatigue that we could possibly impose upon you because we, we think that strength training is important. And if you're working with us, you probably do too. Um, some people are going to be like, yeah, well, I still like strong. And I'm like, that's cool, man. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, ask yourself why it's like, I liken this argument to the power clean discussion. People are like, I just like power cleans, man. I'm like, Oh, all right, do your power cleans, but they're not helping your deadlift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And your deadlift is not necessarily helping your power clean either. It's just you're using training time for non-zero cost. And, uh, and then people are like, yeah, but I still like them. I'm like, cool, yeah. cool, man. <laughs> it's neat. Um, okay, well, hey, Alan Thrall, thanks for joining us on this strong man discussion. What's the heaviest stone you think you could load to like chest height? I would be completely making with tacky, completely making this number up because just like Jordan, I have no experience with it. 
you could pull. So think about it. It's a, it is an extreme, sorry if I'm ruining your whole no, outro. It is an extreme deficit deadlift. Like your knuckles are on the ground, right? So if you just think of it like that, right? And I gave you tacky, so you're stuck to the stone. You could, you could pull 365 and on day one. I would, I would one, trust your guess yeah. better than mine because I don't even know where to start. I mean, I was thinking, I was like, I can do anything with 225. Yeah. Well, that seems like very light. Well, I'm just saying I got a lot of hair too, though. So I feel like the tacky is actually- 700 deadlift, 365 stone. Well, you would think I'd be able to clean 365 too. What? No. <laughs> well, that's, do you want to go down that rabbit hole right now? I mean, we can, but nobody else wants that. I think that I could, without tacky, but with chalk. With tacky. Yeah, but I'm just saying- Give yourself all, everything with tacky. Can I just wear like the sleeves, you know, the like, you like in there? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the people from Brute would just laugh it at us. They'd be like, look at these, these guys. They think they're so strong with a barbell. Now look at them. Well, because that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's functional strength. Whatever that means. Well, it's functional in a narrow set of predetermined arbitrary rules that make up the sport. It's functional if on a daily basis you have to lift 300 pounds stones. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but but what if it was like the caber? I'm like, well, it's different. You know? I, that's what I'm getting at is yeah, that yeah. the the function like is only it only carries over to those events just like lifting weights you yeah. know people people tell Austin oh you're gonna be a great fighter you'd be a great fighter you know because you're so strong and Austin's like yeah dude if I could like hip drive my way out of the fight so yeah but you know, it's functional strength. It's like, here's how to get better at a series of you know, very complex tasks, like regularly expose yourself to like complex tasks across different movement patterns so that your motor learning ability improves. Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, we've, we've uh, discussed this topic of specificity before and, and talked about the topic of the topics that are discussed in that Strength is Specific book. And At the low, low price of $2.99, right. you too can read the Strength is Specific book. Yeah. The worst marketing that's ever been done. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Yeah, but you know, when, when you understand that stuff and you view sports uh, performance, really things make a lot more sense than under some of our previous paradigms that we've operated. Let everything's general and carries over to everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, pass. Okay, let's try this again. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Barbell Medicine YouTube channel or our iTunes, please leave us a review if you're over on iTunes. It'd be super, super helpful. Get us to the top of the chart so that way people can get exposed to this stuff. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment, hit like, if you the video. Alan can be reached. If you wanna to go to Untamed Strength Gym, check that out, untamedstrength at gmail.com. If you wanna inquire about his awesome coaching services, from what I hear, he helped Joey Satsmarie hit the 200 pound deadlift PR and almost put 100 pounds on a squat. That's pretty good. Send us an email, info at barbellmedicine.com. You know how to follow Austin and I. Check out for seminars this spring. Several are on the calendar. That's right. We'll leave the link, leave the link in the description. Say bye, guys.